Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, hey, listen, we have a really just an absolutely terrific program today. Uh, and my guest is J.B. Hickson, and he is, as many of you already know, he's a nationally known author, speaker, radio host, with more than 30 years of ministry experience in the pastoral and academic arenas. And J.B. is recognized for his expertise in the area of systematic theology. Uh, Dr. Hickson has a passion for communicating important theological truths from God's Word in a clear and easy-to-understand way and for helping others to learn how to study the Bible effectively for themselves. And it's one of the reasons why I love having him on here. Uh, plus, he really helps me to stretch my mind and uh, understand things that nobody else even talks about. Uh, but Dr. Hickson has also served on the faculties and adjunct faculties of nine colleges and seminaries. He earned his BA degree from Houston Baptist University and his master's in theology from Dallas Theological Seminary and a PhD from Baptist Bible Seminary. He's author of 11 books. And when he's not traveling or uh, for speaking engagements, he's usually in the pulpit at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, where he serves as uh, the lead pastor. JB, I thought I was busy, but when I read some of, some of your things, I feel like I'm not that busy. <laughs> well, uh, hey, Tom, great to be on Hope for Our Times. By the way, we need hope now. Let me tell you, things are unraveling fast, and uh, I'm having the time of my life. I know you are, too, because we know who wins in the end, and so we're just uh, rooted in the Word of God, trying to bring that hope to, to people and uh, trying to kind of make sense of it and connect the dots. Amen. In fact, JB, I mean, there's so many, so many people out there within churches that are just really, they've, they've entered to this place of demanding that people like you and I and our colleagues and friends and people who like Bible prophecies to stop talking about it. They demand we live in fear. Can't you tell what's going on? We say, yeah, that's why we talk about it. Well, you need to stop talking about it. And, the, and, and they try to bully us and to keep our mouths shut. Like you, I refuse to live in fear. I'm going to press mm -hmm. forward. I am going to do everything I can right now with as much joy as the Lord will give to me because we know how this ends. And, and, and we know the great signs that we have. Jesus told us what to look for, not so we'd be discouraged, but that we'd be encouraged. So I, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's, there, there's another reason, too, that we need to talk about it, and that is there are practical um, ramifications here. You know, we don't know when the Lord's going to come back. All signs point to the rapture being very soon, but again, uh, we don't know that for sure, and we are called to to, to, to fulfill our purpose until the last second, uh, whether that's at the rapture or the Lord uh, calls us home and we go the way of all flesh, but we have a job to do. We're here for a reason, and uh, certainly Satan and his earthly co-conspirators are not letting up. They're rapidly advancing their agenda, and it's an agenda of full-spectrum planetary control, like I talk about in the book. It's an agenda that is wanting to silence us and quiet us and mute the gospel. And so knowing his agenda... Uh, is it, it helps us uh, be better soldiers in the army of the Lord. And so absolutely, it's not just about the fact that defensively we're not scared, and we're not. We're, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but we actually need to, to run towards the roar. And, and that devil who's out there like a roaring lion, we need to, 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 to storm those gates and, and make a difference because time is short. People need to hear the gospel, and believers need to wake up. Amen. I love that. We need to run towards the roar. Well, I want to ask you about this book. 
Right, we, we, uh, it's excellent. I want to ask you to talk a little bit about what inspired you uh, to write certain chapters. Uh, but the book, everybody, it's called The Spirit of the False Prophet. And uh, this is my personal copy signed by JB himself. But uh, <laughs> you have great chapters in here. Uh, we've talked a little bit in the past, Luciferians in sheep's clothing, the technocratic tyranny. But you have so much in here. Uh, the historical henchmen. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari, A Wolf's in Sheep's Clothing. If you want great information on Yuval Noah Harari, when you're only getting a little bit, uh, this book by J.B. just offers so much. Um, chapter 6, which I really want to ask you a lot about this, Artificial Intelligence, Science Fiction No Longer. You have Hacking and Tracking Humanity, uh, Escaping the Prison Planet, and so much more. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. And it's, again, it's a great book, everybody. But uh, as I look at that, the title of it is uh, it's The Spirit of Antichrist and the False um, the the uh, rise of global technocracy. So when we look at this and the false prophet, we look at all of these different things. You have some great uh, videos you've done recently, um, including uh, one on false Christ and the Christian industrial complex. Again, I'm going to get in a little bit more into the artificial intelligence with you. But when I look at this, JB, false Christ and the Christian industrial complex, me being a pastor, I, I was a, a pastor at a very large church in Southern California, serving with the lead pastor for a number of years. Then I senior pastored the church that I just uh, stepped down from that role in order to pursue Hope for Our Times uh, Bible prophecy full-time because I believe the time is short. But man, one of the things that has grinded me is just what you have said. When I look at the church, it's greatly troubling uh, it's become about entertainment. It's become about, you know, you have pastors that are uh, hirelings. There's so much more going on here than most people realize. But uh, fill us in. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so that phrase, a Christian industrial complex, I borrowed from my friend Russ Miller, who I've known for many years. We've worked together in a variety of roles. We've been on Grand Canyon rim and raft trips together. He's my favorite creation scientist. Highly recommend him. Uh, people can learn about him at creationministries.org. But he coined that phrase when I was interviewing him, and I asked him, hey, could I borrow that? Because I'm going to use it for the uh, title of a message I'm giving at the Mid-America Prophecy Conference in May this year. But essentially what we're talking about there is the fact that Satan's end times deception as we read about in 1 Timothy 4.1, has crept into the church. And it's not just that uh, most churches don't talk about prophecy, which, which you and I lament often, but it's worse than that. There is an, an undercurrent of deception that, uh, that I refer to as the Christian industrial complex to where the church today resembles nothing like what God's Word tells us it should be in the epistles and in the book of Acts that we read about descriptively. Uh, and, and I think some of that is just organic and the natural apostasy that we know is happening in the church. But I happen to believe that a lot of it is uh, controlled. I think the Luciferians are targeting key uh, churches, especially mega churches, and it's it's a lot easier to control people than the average person realizes. And I think that a lot of the you know mainstream figureheads, and I, and I call some of them out. Uh, in fact, I think I mentioned a couple of them when I had the privilege of speaking at one of your conferences in Rockwall. Uh, you know these these Christian leaders that are out there promoting the LGBT or uh, not taking a stand against sin. I think a lot of them are. 
controlled. In fact, if you know, I would be curious. Uh, and I, you know, they say never ask a question you don't know the answer to, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, as a, pa a former pastor of a large uh, church, did you ever get unsolicited inquiries from people that you kind of sensed maybe they were kind of baiting you to try to see how, if you were able to be controlled? Uh, I don't know if it would be, well, yes and no, but I mean, were they, I, Okay, let Sorry, me, let me, no, yeah, let me think through that a little <laughs> bit, because I would say in a sense it would happen all the time. But we're, because people would want you on their platform or to be part of their church group. And, you know, I was always kind of a, a person that, look, I, and this is how, so I get started at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. So this back in the late 1980s. And that's, and I actually believe the Bible was true. Um, I believe that you were supposed to teach through the Bible. So I get saved, I'm out of a drug life. What I know about the Bible before that was what I was taught as a Catholic. So I put that aside and I realized what Chuck Smith was saying was right. Not that I agreed 100% with every single thing he said, but it's go through the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I've never, I never departed from that. So when people would talk to me and say, well, you really should do this. You know, well, this is how we do it. And look at how big our organizations are you know, that kind of thing. I'm not, mm -hmm. I was never interested in that. Hence, we even started the 412 churches. Um, I, I began that with uh, my former executive pastor who was tragically killed in an, in an accident, and we founded 412 churches. And since then, we planted a few uh, down in Mexico, uh, partnered with 412 in Temecula, but it's about the Word of God and, and, and uh, in fact, we have certain elements. It's the Word of God is pre-millennial, pre-rapture, pre-trib rapture. Um, you believe that God has a plan for Israel. And then obviously the, the statement of faith. But I never wanted to veer from that, if that makes sense. And so yeah. when the thoughts would come, or the I, I would say the thoughts never really inter engaged my mind. But the people would come. Sometimes, JB, I'll tell you where the most pressure was from just people that would visit your church. Well, mm -hmm. I'd love to come to make this my home church. However, you know, it's that kind of stuff that happens all the time. Well, here's how the however is. We're going to stick to the word of God. I don't care about your series that you're doing on how to be the next husband you should be and the, the you know, that kind of stuff. I don't really care about that stuff. When you go through God's word, God will teach you how to be the right kind of husband you're supposed to be, along with everything else you need to know, which is the most important thing, is how to be right with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I guess I never got tempted by those things, yeah. uh, but, the, but it's there. No, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, as the Lord has expanded the reach of MBW Ministries over the last five or six years, uh, you know, I, I've gotten unsolicited emails. And as you said, visitors on Sunday that, you know, just something kind of raises a flag. You can't say for sure, but you just wonder what the motive is. Uh, and you're right. People, uh, sometimes they'll they'll come in and they'll, they'll throw money around or they'll throw ideas around. And you just have to be true to the Word of God and true to your mission. And for NBW, that's the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. And Amen. everywhere we go, we uh, we try to, you know, share the gospel clearly, accurately, and urgently. Uh, you know, but that's what the Christian industrial complex is. It's that, you know, sort of uh, 
techniques of Satan to directly infiltrate the local church and evangelicalism at large, especially here in America, to try to control it. And that's why the remnant principle is so important. And uh, the closer we get to the return of the Lord, it's going to be harder and harder for uh, believers to really stand firm. Yep. Amen. Um, so no, I was not expecting that question. But, but, yeah, sorry, I, yeah, no. I just uh, I was curious because no. uh, I do think that it happens a lot, you know. Oh, it it, it it totally does. You know, I I was even solicited. You probably were too. Uh, and the first time was several years ago, and it was basically about going green and helping to support the green movement. <laughs> I don't know if you received anything like that, but I remember I got something in the mail. I realized okay, this is a government-sponsored group wanting me to preach a green message. Now, this yeah. goes, this is probably 2010, so it's not hmm. anything new. And obviously, you know, we're well alerted to these types of things, but churches do preach that stuff. So it, it just goes right on down this, the Christian industrial complex. And yeah, you it, never know. I mean, I, I had a, uh, years ago, I spoke uh, at a church in Alaska. We've done a lot of work up in Alaska, many, many trips. And this was one that the guy flew me and Wendy up there. Um, he actually was pretty well off and uh, uh, had some connections with the governor uh, and uh, kind of took me around the, the Juno there and introduced me to some high profile people. And uh, by that time, I had written just one book on the subject of the Lucifer conspiracy it was back in 2012. The Great Last Days Deception was the name of it. But in there, I exposed the climate change hoax and exposed the Copenhagen documents and things. Well, come to find out, this guy was very into climate change, mm -hmm. bought the whole narrative. And it seemed like one of his agendas in having me over was to try to gently redirect me and show me that that you know that mankind is really destroying the earth and we you know that it's all real and uh, i don't know that that was his primary objective in bringing me over there but certainly he made a big deal about it uh but i, I wouldn't have anything of it because i knew the facts i knew that i'd studied it i'd researched it i wasn't going to be persuaded i, I was gracious of course uh, but i just told him look I, I think you need to do some more study but he was a engineer and he was a very smart guy but he had he had been deceived into believing it's all true. I, I will say this, and then I want to get onto artificial intelligence and um, hacking and tracking humanity from your book here in just a second. But um, before we go there, and I know you experienced this because I experienced it here. You know, apart from church, I experienced it here where I'm convinced there are certain individuals that have wanted to get into the, this platform, no doubt your platform and others to just to get in mixed, they know enough about Bible prophecy, uh, enough about the Bible to sound legitimate. And I do believe that the Bible prophecy uh, circle has been infiltrated by some of these same people and they gain a significant following. And then all of a sudden you find out, well, here and there they say this, well, that's, that ain't right. But yeah. I, you know, I mean, I'm very concerned about it as I see in, uh, and watch what's going on with that. Some some of the guys, I even wonder if they're government plants. I think some of them are. Yeah, it's hard to be discerning. You know, I think what helps us at NBW is our laser focus on the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. So therefore, 
you know, I, I don't mind having guys on that I disagree with on certain areas. Mm-hmm. I love iron sharpening iron. And as long as they're going to make a biblical argument and be gracious about it, uh, let's talk and let's let let's put that out there for our audience to be able to drive them to the word of God and come to their own conclusion. But I had a, a, a guy on recently and thankfully the Lord put in my heart that I needed to pre-interview this guy. I won't mention his name. Um, before having him on the podcast, I had already scheduled him to record, but I thought, you know, I don't know him. Uh, he seems, you know, pretty solid, but I want to talk to him. Well, boy, in the pre-interview, it just became clear to me some of his views were way out there. And I, I, and he, you know, he's a nice guy. He was not belligerent or mean-spirited at all, but man, he was off the reservation. And so I just told him at the end, I said, well, I really enjoyed this discussion, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to cancel our scheduled podcast because I just, I just can't agree. So yeah, discernment, First John 4, 1, which is a theme verse of our, my latest book, uh, many false prophets have gone out there. We need to test the spirits. Yeah, well, thank you so much. All right. Now I'm going to ask you about this. Right, the spirit of the false prophet and the rise of global technocracy. So you have this chapter, artificial intelligence, science fiction no more. No doubt, you know, uh, I would wholeheartedly agree. Science fiction no more. I've written a little bit about it in my book. You've written a lot about it. I want to hear your thoughts as we work through this. And that, let me ask you this. Can you discuss how AI, biometric surveillance, digital currency, the global uh, ID system paved the way for the coming global technocracy uh, and the mark of the beast. Yeah, so that's really the whole premise of the book. This book is really the third in a triad of books that I've written over the last two years called Spirit of the Antichrist, Volumes 1 and 2, and Spirit of the False Prophet. And it just occurred to me that the false prophet, who in the end times gets comparatively little biblical data about him as compared to the Antichrist, but he's there. And you know he definitely is going to preside over the beast system and kind of be the enforcer, if you will, the second in command, the henchman. Um, as I talk about in an earlier chapter. And so I just you know, started reading about the description that God's Word gives us about that full-spectrum planetary control grid during the tribulation. And it occurred to me that really the only way that Satan is going to be able to, to accomplish that as, as the Bible describes, is through technology. And that's what a technocracy is. I know uh, your good friend Patrick Wood has been a great in, influence on me. I cite him extensively in the book. He's been on our program several times, but he's like the world expert on technocracy. And the technocracy, simply put, is just using technology to control the world to control the government, to control people. So uh, Satan is, I believe, going to roll out a, a, a technocracy, and it's going to use things like uh, data harvesting. That's a big one, uh, because as you've all know, Harari mentioned, and I cite this quote in my book, he said, you don't need to send in the soldiers if you have all the data. I mean, just let that sink in for a moment. In other words, they don't have to take up arms necessarily. You know, we are the product. That's an important thing to remember when it comes to technology. And when they, you know, control the data, as Harari says, you know, they'll know us better than we know ourselves. And so they can manipulate our behavior. I have a section in there on mind control. So chapters six and seven are all about AI and then how they're going to use AI in chapter seven to hack and track humanity. So mind control, all encompassing surveillance. So every second of every day, uh, even now. Now with things like Alexa and Siri and other in-home services, 
even even overnight they're hacking and tracking you while you're sleeping uh so to me that's the most logical explanation for the fulfillment of the prophecies that we see listed that talk about uh, the beast system, which you've, of course, written about in, in your latest book as well. Um, but it's it's a, you know, it makes the most sense to me because Satan is not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. The only way he's going to be able to control the whole world in that second half of the tribulation after he sets, you know, after the Antichrist sets himself up as God and demands that everybody worship him is through... Uh, uh, through technology. As I uh, look at technology, again, I just think about this title. I love it, Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of Global Technocracy. As we look at these things, to me, it's, it's hard to not see that the kingdom of the beast is being set up right now. Um, yeah. I, I look at this, and by the way, everybody, this book is available in the Hope for Our Times store. Check it out, hopeforourtimes.com. You can, you can get it there. And uh, along with other things that JB has, um, you're going to be super blessed. But it's hard to think, I mean, hard. how can you not see it? You know, but, yeah. but there are people that are, that are really blind to it, and they're willing to just go along with this. They're willing to surrender their freedoms. I mean, look what's already happening uh, with Facebook. People say, I won't tell the government everything. But on Facebook, they'll list everything out there for the whole world to see about how many kids they have, where they're going on. They, they list everything, the kind of food they like. Everything is out there for the world to see. All that is data that is harvested and stored. Yeah. Even, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they have the massive server farms where they uh, control. It's I don't even remember the term. It's beyond exabytes. That was the the that's a passe already. Yodabytes. 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 Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they they're just completely uh, stacking up uh, the data, and and then it, once it's you know digitalized, then it's easy to run algorithms and pull the data out. And that's why you know I talk about in in the book how you've all know Harari says, look, they'll be able to tell. Uh, you know, tell what you're thinking even before you do. They'll be able to tell, he says, uh, that a young child is a homosexual before the child even realizes it. Or even worse, as Klaus Schwab has said, and, and Leo Holman just wrote an article about this, you know, we might not even have elections in the future because the using AI, they'll be able to tell what you would have voted for anyway. So we'll just, you know, take AI's word for it. But uh, it's uh, rapidly unraveling and i do have uh kind of an extended uh, sort of paint paint a picture in the book uh that if we've got time i'd love to just do because this this will help people see i think and visualize where we're headed uh and this is just my speculation but well, as, you, uh, as you just set up for that i want to ask you about this when you're done with that part you also have a chapter in here called escaping the prison planet i'm going to yes. ask you about that too uh but okay go ahead let's yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I say, picture this: the false prophet is seated in a sizable throne-like armchair, prominently positioned inside a commodious control room, like a mission commander at the Johnson Space Center. He keeps a wary watch on countless large computer monitors lining the walls around him. Only in this case, the images they project are from the Earth, not outer space. Dozens of his underlings sit at less imposing workstations, their eyes fixated on smaller screens. 
The building is located conspicuously on a campus in the heart of Fort Meade, Maryland, nestled behind several acres of secure walls, fences, and guard shacks. It is the nerve center for the worldwide surveillance grid commissioned shortly after the disappearance of millions of born-again Christians. The Global Security Agency, GSA as it is called, is connected via fiber optics to a massive data complex in Sandy, Utah, where four 25,000-square-foot facilities house a seemingly endless sea of servers. Every single human being on the planet has an electronic folder, a bit bucket, they call it, that stores all electronic data associated with each person. Everything you say, type, and watch, everywhere you go, everything you purchase, even what you think is recorded and stored in your bit bucket. From the GSA, every citizen of the New World Order is tracked. The false prophet and his staff can run instantaneous algorithms to monitor anyone in real time. Moreover, in true command and control fashion, from this nerve center, authorities can send boots on the ground to intercept and apprehend any individual anywhere in the world at a moment's notice. These foot soldiers make up the GSA's enforcement squad, and they are terrifying. Although they look like humans, they are embodied artificial intelligence beings, androids, and it can be hard to recognize an android at first glance. But when you look closely, something about them seems off. Maybe it is the hollow look in their eyes. Perhaps it is their pale, elastic skin or emotionless voice. It could be the way they move in a predictable, rhythmic manner. They are just different. Under the regime of the Antichrist henchman, the false prophet, the world has become a tightly controlled prison planet from which few, if any, can escape. So that, that's that's kind of, I could go on, but that's the, the, the general idea there of how they're going to use this technology and AI to usher in that full spectrum control grid. So you, thank you very much. I, I think the book's just fantastic. I would encourage you guys to get it. Um, but you also have a section in there under, under the, uh, I can't remember if it's under the AI, no longer science fiction, or one of the other chapters, but uh, it'll be a, uh, where you talk about the stick and the carrot. They're going to be doing this primarily with a stick, but yes. disguised as a carrot, I think up front. I think that's, I would say this, when you look at what they're doing right now, it they're disguising everything as with a carrot in the sense of, making us sound great. You're, you're no longer gonna, listen, we will take care of you. Uh, it, there's gonna be a, an economic uh, collapse. The black swan has come, whatever it is. And, and we're gonna take care of you. No longer will there be, we'll be able to, to uh, bust all of the drug dealers and all the pedophiles, we'll control lawlessness. But we can see what they do. When they create lawlessness, and they're part of the pedophile system themselves, we know that there's this, they've got ill intentions. Um, yeah, they, they really do. I mean, I, I say in the chapter on technocratic tyranny that through the promise of convenience, efficiency, entertainment, increased profits, and other bells and whistles, digital devices are luring unsuspecting marks into a Bastille-like arena where freedom is soon found to be an illusion. So you're right, it's, it's, it's the carrot first, but then uh, when the time is right, they will absolutely make it required, such as the digital uh, global ID system, CBDCs, where you can't get your social security or you can't get other uh, means uh, of uh, surviving without complying with their demands. As we look at 2024, we're hearing about the talk of a black swan event. Um, I, 
I don't see why it wouldn't happen. Something to happen that'll be catastrophic that will really shake people up. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I really think that's right. Obviously, neither you nor I claim to be a prophet, but uh, I think, you know, as a, as studied uh, folks that really live in, in this world, I think we it's a reasonable speculation. And here's one of the biggest reasons why I think that's the case. Folks are waking up in record numbers. Um, I've got uh, John Haller, I mean, I'm sorry, John Loeffler on later this week. And uh, man, he's just a brilliant guy. And he talks about how the the, narr the false narratives are absolutely unraveling. And and yet, shockingly, the, the Luciferian elite just continue to double down. They just keep mm. moving it forward, even though people are waking up in massive waves. And so to me, that tells me that they're very close to the finish line, or they think they are. And so they're full speed ahead. It's a race against the clock. Can they get across the goal line of ushering in the one world system politically, religiously, and economically before the masses kind of turn on them? So that's where the Black Swan event comes in, especially in America, which this is where it's all centered. They've got to bring down America before they can roll out the one world order. Uh, America's standing in their way. And so with this being an election year uh, and all that's gone on in the last, since 2020 in particular, I think they, uh, they will have to use something to either Pre preempt the election or somehow take Trump out of the equation uh, through the controlled Supreme Court ruling or through uh, who knows, who knows what it's going to be trying to steal it again. I don't think they'll be able to steal it because, I mean, by any legitimate metric, Trump wins in an absolute landslide over Biden this year. Uh, and, and he, frankly, if the votes were really counted in 2020, he won uh, pretty handily. Uh, but this year, it's not even going to be close. So they're not going to be able to, to do it again. So somehow, something has to preempt it in a sort of an end of the world as we know it scenario that basically can provide cover for them to, to move their agenda forward with whoever they want to be in the White House. I, I want to say this also, you know, you and I have had conversations uh, about politics a little bit here and there, and I know everybody for JB, he's not um, necessarily a, a fan of certain, uh, of what, whatever it comes, when it comes to the political people that are running. So you're not saying these things based on, uh, you say my political oh, yeah. candidate has to win, just matter of fact is yes. this is the direction that things are going. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I, and I look at this and think, these globalists know that if they don't get this to their finish line, it's game over. Because yes. too, way too many people are gonna wake up. Um, and, it, and they are waking up fast. So something has to change because they are not going to get a chance in our lifetime to redo and, and have another shot at this. So they mm -hmm. push this, they pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. They have their young global leaders. They've got the Yuval Noah Hararis and there's thousands and thousands of guys just like him that are out there. They've got all of their global systems in place. We got the World Health Organization pandemic treaty coming. They have to do it. If they fail, it's game over for them. I do not believe it'll happen in our lifetime, JB, if they, if they can't get this done. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. One of the messages I'm going to be giving in Orlando in a couple of weeks is called uh, the New World Order Timetable and uh, 2025 and their agenda. And, and there's tons of documentation out there that they have put all their eggs in this basket in this decade. They've been targeting the 2020s since the 1930s with Alice Bailey channeling the demon master DK and, 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 and you know, 15 times in 10,000 pages of writings. She specifically mentions the year 2020. I've got other uh, quotes in 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 the uh, you know in in the book and also in this uh, coming message that that are going to blow people away that, that that from their perspective this is it you're right this is the end game um, you know they uh, it doesn't mean it's going to happen of course because mm -hmm. God's ultimately in control but um, it's helpful to know the enemy's game plan so that we can be prepared and because you know we don't know how much of this chaos how much more of it I guess I should say we will have to face the Lord has not promised to rapture believers before things get bad he's only promised to, to rapture believers before the 70th week of Daniel uh, uh, first that's 110 first that's 59 so we won't be here during the reign of the antichrist but we very well could be here for much of the lead up to it and that's what i think we need to prepare for and that brings us to that last uh, chapter that you referenced before yeah. i read that quote yeah escaping the prison planet uh yeah yeah go ahead no i was going to ask you about this so uh, how do you escape the prison planet yeah, so that we put that in there on you know very intentional. All of my books, I try to have a, a section at the end that kind of gives some solutions and some thoughts and that, what do we do with this information. And so uh, I think that's basically a preparedness chapter. And we've been speaking at preparedness expos and conferences for you know 15, 20 years now. It's very important to me. Proverbs 22, 3, the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. So trusting the Lord and being prepared are not mutually exclusive. They go hand in glove. And so in that chapter, we give all kinds of lists and suggestions and scenarios and things to think about. There's not one size fits all when it comes to preparedness. It depends on where you live, whether you're in a metropolitan area, what part of the country you're in, whether you can live off the land, whether you need a bug out location, all whether you have water sources and food sources outside of um, you know uh, the store. So we, we walk through those scenarios and encourage people to come up with a prepared plan uh, the, the the rule of thumb that we like to use is if you had if you could not leave your house for six months could you survive because let's begin there that could very well happen in any number of scenarios you laid out a few of them earlier it could be a natural disaster it could be uh, an economic collapse it could be an attack from a foreign enemy uh, it could be a, a real or provocateur pandemic again of some kind we, we don't know but in the event if you that you were homebound for six months, do you have enough food, water, shelter, protection, those types of things? Uh, so we give some very useful uh, lists and, and hints and helps in there, and uh, you know it gives you something to to think about in these great last days. This is great. You have in this chapter escaping the prison planet. You have different sections. Fly under the radar. Developing a preparedness portfolio, which is what you're talking about building a preparedness stockpile. Um, you also have this, like, like this, fool me once. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, yeah. and, and we are in this place. It's amazing, as I look out there right now, how many people are willing to be fooled by, by the government and the manipulation that is, that is happening. Also, 
in the hacking and tracking humanity. You have uh, uh, implantable technology. Uh, the next uh, chapter, now you see it, now you don't. The money, central banks, hijacking America, digital currency, AI and digital currency and digital tracking. We have all these different things. This, this is great. Uh, just a great resource. And, and I would encourage everybody, make sure that you're ready. The things that JB just said, be prepared because we don't know when the rapture is going to happen. Now, JB, this really grinds on people. You know, I'm pre-trib, you're pre-trib, but we have to be, be sensible and realize we just don't know the timing. I thought, JB, I was getting raptured in 1988. I did. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I'm still here. And yeah. now, granted, we watch everything converging. There is no doubt. Everything is converging when you start looking at the prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. No doubt about it. Jesus said, watch what I say to you. I say to all, watch, watch and be ready. Well, um, we don't know when it's going to happen, but our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and and. That's where we put our, our hope in, is Him. We're going to be with Him forever. In the meantime, the more prepared we are, the better of a witness we can be for others also, the stronger Amen. we're going to we, be. We have a job to do. That's exactly right. And I know we're about out of time, but you know, if I can just mention, certainly being right with the Lord is priority number one, because we don't know what tomorrow holds. The book of James even reminds us tomorrow's like a vapor. Uh, so if there's been never been a time in your life when you've recognized your sin and your need for a Savior and recognize that only Jesus can save you, and thereby placing your faith and trust in Him as the only one who can forgive sin and give eternal life, you need to do that today. And I know prophecy has quite a wide audience. There are people from all walks of life that are awakening to the deception, and they may not know the Lord. So if you're listening to this or watching this and you don't know Jesus, I implore you, uh, place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for your sins. But I just wanted to, to comment a bit about the imminency of the rapture concept, because one of the things that really you know, grates on my nerves is when those who don't believe in the rapture, you know, the replacement theologians and all you know, the, the preterists and people like that, when they're out there characterizing pre-trib guys like you and me as suggesting that we teach the rapture is going to rescue us before things get bad. And I got to tell you, Tom, you know, I, I come from an academic background. I spent uh, 12 years teaching full-time at a college and seminary. Uh, I've been around guys at the pre-trib conference. I was a, a, one of the early members of the Council on Dispensational Hermeneutics. Tommy Ice, whom I know you know, is a dear friend of mine. I, I've kind of been in the upper echelons, if you will, uh, of the pre-trib guys for a long time, sitting under their teaching, learning from them. I have never heard any legitimate pre-trib teacher suggest that the rapture is going to rescue us before it gets bad. I mean, it's been bad for 2,000 years in some parts of this world. I mean, the Coptic Christians, the Nigerian Christians, uh, the, you know, during the Dark Ages, I mean, it's just naive. So it's a, it's a you know, a straw man, it's false. Nobody teaches that. What we teach and what we believe the Bible teaches is that the, the rapture will rescue us before the great and terrible day. Uh, 
and I believe, I don't know what your take on this is, but I've become more and more to believe that the Antichrist is not going to implement the one world system. He's going to step into the helm of it. He won't have time, in my view, to implement it. It's going to have to pretty much already be in place. Now, all of that could happen after the rapture in that gap of time between the rapture and the signing of the treaty. So you've got that unspecified length of time. But if the rapture doesn't happen soon, we could already see the collapse of America, the one world system. And then after the rapture, what happens is eventually the Antichrist rises to prominence. He steps into the role by signing that treaty and, and, and he steps into a mature one world system. So, yeah, we need to be ready. It's wise. It's biblical and not out of fear. You know, we're not trying to, you know, not like those guys on TBN that are fomenting fear and getting you to buy all this long-term storable food. Uh, we just want to heed the warning of Proverbs 22, 3. Be wise. Joseph was wise. Was wise. The Lord ministered to him. And what did he do? He said, hey, Pharaoh, got to save up for seven years. Huh? And uh, it's, just, it's just being wise. Uh, also, I do believe that the system has to be built before Antichrist is going to have control of it, yeah. uh, simply because Revelation chapter 17, the 10 kings give their power to the beast. Uh, Daniel chapter seven, verse, I think it's verse 24, where the 10 horns after, it says, it's very clear, chapter seven, verse 24, after the 10 horns, then the 11th horn comes, the, the, little, the, horn, yeah. the little horn. Uh, yeah. So it's after, so the system will be, or you also said it'll be a mature system. How mature? Don't know, but it's in the. There's no doubt it's in the process of being built right now, and and I I just want to reiterate, folks, don't live in fear. Be wise, be prepared, be sensible, and the more you're prepared, the more sensible you are, not living in fear, the better witness you're going to be for everybody that's around you, because they're going to see, hey, your feet are on solid ground. They're going to wonder why are you happy when all this crazy stuff is going on. Listen, because we don't live in fear. We live in the in faith that God's word is true, His promises are true for us, and, and we have a we have a, a grand new life that is waiting for us, and Jesus is going to call us home on that day. But JB, I refuse to live in fear. I'm going to mm -hmm. live with all the joy I possibly can. I'm going to march forward. Going to do ministry. Going to going to talk to my friends. Going to talk to guys like you. Going to and we're going to link arms and, and go forward together and smile while we're doing it. And I love it. Amen. Could not agree more. And, uh, you know, there's lots of ways that the Lord allows us to remain encouraged uh, in these times. For me, it's my family. I know you, for you too, but, you know, Wendy is just a partner in life. And she's, uh, we've been, you know, 34 years now. Uh, we celebrate our 34th uh, Valentine's together. We've married, been married 32 years. But uh, she's just an amazing counselor and friend. And we, I would not, I could not imagine going down this journey without her. And then, you know, my family. We have six kids, and we're privileged to have a lot of them at our a place out here in the mountains in Colorado, where our office is also on our property. And I, uh, my uh, little four-year-old granddaughter uh, lives with us, with my daughter, Brooke, who works for our ministry. The other day, I just, just a couple days ago, I came in after working all day. In fact, it was Saturday all day, worked uh, loading our trailer, taking care of a few last-minute things before we head out on the trip. And I, I came in and collapsed on the couch. I was just exhausted. And little little Zoe goes, Papa, 
did you work all day? And she emphasized all day. And it just made me feel so guilty because usually I'll come into the house and just spend a few minutes here and there hanging out and playing with her and doting on her a bit. But uh, I don't know where I'd be without my family. And, uh, you know, we're all in this together and uh, we, we are looking up and being watchful. Amen. Thank you so much for, for joining me today, JB. And I want to thank all of you just for your, your support, your prayers and everything. It helps us be able to press forward at Hope for Our Times. Uh, thank you so much. And JB, how can people uh, find you? Yeah, they can go to notbyworks.org. So NBW Ministry stands for Not By Works, Titus 3.5. And notbyworks.org is where you'll find all of our videos, podcasts, our online store, uh, other resources. We have a whole free section. I encourage people to check out uh, that you don't need a credit card for or anything. You just download the documents and very, very helpful to scan through there and see some things that might be a benefit to you. But yeah, stay in touch. That's great. Thank you very much for joining me, JB. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And remember, don't be afraid. Jesus is coming. God bless you all.